Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome in, friends. Mike Farrell Sports Talk, another edition. My name is Adam, and as always, Mike Farrell joins me on a cranky Mike edition. We are recording this on a Monday, uh, here to known as Portal Monday, which is going to make Mike angry. I'll get back to that a little bit, Mike, but a lot to get to, some coaching stuff. Uh, Dion, some maybe a surprise in Cincinnati. We'll cover all that too. But let's start off with the thing that's dominating the college football cycle right now. No, friends, that's not the playoff. Unfortunately, it's 2022, which means we have to talk the transfer portal, Mike. It opened officially today, although some kids have been in there for months and years and ages. But today is the day that official announcements can come out. Schools can put kids in the portal, Mike. And already on uh, this is afternoon by the time you and I are talking, there are just hundreds of kids just piling in the portal um, moment after moment. A lot of chaos happening right now in college football. Mike, let's just start with your bigger picture thoughts on how this transfer portal has played out. Obviously, the first year under this new sort of guidelines, these new rules. I have a feeling you're not a fan. Dumb. So dumb. There we go. And, and I was right. You know, unless I get I get the kids, um, you know, have the right to go in the portal and that's not a problem. They should be able to transfer. I mean, Deion Sanders, and we're going to talk about it in a second, say going off to Colorado, but he hopes the Jackson State kids won't transfer. I'm like, dude, you just transferred. So if coaches can do it, kids can do it. This isn't about the kids. This is about the NCAA once again being backwards in everything they think about. You know, this was a 365-day-a-year portal. Kids could jump in any time. You know, so they decided in their ingenious way to try to handle that because that was overwhelming to coaches and such. Let's make it 60 days, 45 days, you know, in December, 15 days uh, after the spring football, and then this occurs. So kids that are going to jump in have been tweeting it out anyways, but the official announcement is today, so they jump in. They have to process probably by the end of the night over a 1,000. I mean, it was like 380 at noon. Um, and, and for what? The coaches are on the road recruiting. Some coaches are taking new jobs. Some coaches are settling into new jobs. Yep. Um, the, the early signing period's coming up. They're busy. And there's also bowl practices, bowl prep practices. Um, you know, not to mention some teams actually prepping for the playoff. Um, it's, it's just, it's dumb. I, I, I thought it would be bad. I didn't think it would be this bad. I find this very, very stupid. You go back to the old way, 365. That way, if, if you know, 20 kids want to jump in on a Monday or 20 kids want to jump in on a Tuesday. You could spread it out. It's a little bit more manageable. But I can't imagine any staffs are being able to handle this. And they've got a lot more people than we do. You know, my portal guy, he's about to jump off a bridge. He can't keep up with it. He's um, in the portal? So, what's that? Your portal guy's in the portal? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he's going to transfer for sure. I mean, it's the, it, it, portal Jesus, that's my guy. And he's, he, te- he took a breath and texted me. He goes, this is much worse than I thought it would be. And I thought it would be really bad. But it's much worse. So it's just dumb. I don't, I don't understand what the, what's, the, what's the upside. 
maybe I'm missing it because, you know, I'm cranky and, and dumb and set in my ways. But I'm trying to think of what the upside is here for the kids who have to wait until today. That doesn't help them. You know, if they want to jump in in late November, why have to wait? You know, because there's no tampering. Um, and then that was air quotes, if you're listening. And then what, what good does it do the coaches? Does this make it more manageable? This makes it less manageable than ever before. This is the least manageable it's ever been, ever, in recruiting. And you've got an early signing period and this portal window. Both of these things were supposed to make it much more manageable. Well, let's just – early signing period is a good idea, but let's just mash the portal right into it as, as, as tight as possible to that window. You might as well now, if you're going to keep this dumb portal window, move the signing date back to February. Forget the early signing period. You can't do both. You just can't. So I'm a little pissed about that. I'm sure other coaches are. I'm going to tweet it out right now, actually, and say how dumb this is. This and is I bet live. you a bunch we're, of fans we're doing go, this live here on the show. Live. And if other fans are going to be like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, because it's fun to watch. I mean, if I were, if I were a fan – well, this is like this is like NBA draft day trade deadline stuff, right? That's what this is, Mike. This is the day before the NFL draft, and all these you know teams are trading up and out. This is you know this is like cocaine for for the college football fan because you can sit there all day long and just see the kids in the portal and wonder if your school's going after them. And that's I don't know if that's the intended effect by college for the NCAA. They don't seem that smart. No, I, I don't want to give them that no, much no, credit, no. but that's what you're getting today, right? You're getting that endorphin rush that you normally get on. NBA trade deadline day or you know the yeah. day before the NFL draft right that's what that's what fans are are probably yeah. getting across the board unless you're and the fan of a fine. school who's well, got kids in the portal when you're freaking out right now because the entire team is probably hopped in the portal in the last 12 hours well and that's that's all fine I mean it's fun like I said from a fan perspective it's very fun um but it's going to lead to a, a lot of mistakes by yes. coaches and those coaches are the ones and players by the way and players they're they're there's going to be know, more players and they're going to be spots available at some point, right? There's going to be a musical oh, chairs effect. I mean, that's a hundred percent. I mean, the first cycle, it was like uh 40% found a home, no 38%. The second cycle was like 40% found a home. You know, it's going to be in that range of 40% finding a home. 60% of these kids are, are, you know, going to have to drop down to either walk on status or, you know, partial scholarships or maybe FCS full scholarships. But, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the, 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 the FBS players, you know, 60% of them are going to be very sad um, in the end, not today. But the other thing is like, okay, so you love your school and you love your, you know, you love your coaches. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, I don't know, but, but you want them to do the best job. Okay. Um, they're going to make mistakes in recruiting and they're going to make mistakes in the portal because of this, whether it's not getting a kid that they should have got because this window is just so stupid or going on a kid um, in the portal that you think you can get and, and, you know, not pursuing a high school player. Um, it's just, there's going to be mistakes made when you make things unmanageable. And I love NBA, you know, free agency and, and, and major league hot stove stuff. And, and I love, you know, the NFL draft. And, and I, I used to work signing day in February and it was stressful, but I could see how much fun that one day is. Um, and I'm okay with all of that because guess what's not mashed into that is another crazy, crazy day. So you had the first Wednesday in February, there was nothing near it. So that was it. The coaches didn't have to focus on anything else except for that. You know, spring practice was sort of starting up winter conditioning, but no real distractions. 
Bowls were passed. Great. But now you move it to December. Great. It's worked out well. 85% of kids signed in the early signing period. But now it's almost like, okay, let's have two NFL drafts and let's make them two weeks apart. Um, You just, you're not going to be able to be successful with that type of madness and insanity. And so I I tweeted it and I want to see the idiots. The other thing that upsets me, there's a few things. Idiots that say, where do you think Justin Flo is going to go? I don't know. I didn't even know he was going in the portal. I mean, I could guess what he liked in high school. You know, he, he liked USC, like Clemson. You know, there were some schools that he was very, very interested in before he chose Oregon. But now, you know, Miami, he committed to Mario Cristobal. Hmm. And maybe he wants to go across the country there. But I don't know. The kids, he's, he's, he's essentially three years removed from high school. He's a different human being. I don't know if those schools want him. He's had injury problems. I don't know if he wants those schools. I have no idea. But I get that question, you know, I'm getting a billion text messages and all this other stuff. And it's like, um, I don't know. And then the other thing is like, how's the portal treating you? <laughs> I want to kill whoever asked that question. It makes it a really awkward podcast for me to figure out the next question to ask you, Mike. Um, I got one response so far to this 45-day window is astonishingly dumb. Yeah. That's from some idiot who said, is UCLA going to get a stud quarterback? <laughs> are, are they though, Mike? I mean, DJU's out there. Is that a fit? Right, listen, I can make up as many rumors as anybody. <laughs> okay. I, I could yeah. absolutely make up as many. So I'm going to, I, you know, and listen, you can connect the dots. Mateo Uyunglele is his brother, is a great defensive end, likes Georgia, likes, um, you know, um, 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 Ohio State, likes USC. Well, guess who doesn't like DJ? Georgia. Georgia. Ohio State, USC. USC. They don't need him. They don't want him. UCLA likes Mateo, and he might be a good fit for DJ. So package deal, maybe. Deshaun yeah. McCullough, who's leaving uh, Indiana with his brother, might go to Notre Dame. I've written about this stuff. Um, and it's all guesswork. I mean, I got some sources, but my sources don't even know. I talked to a source today about Satterfield. Okay. He works on Satterfield staff. When that was announced this morning that he was going to Cincinnati, this staffer, very, very prominent staffer, had no idea. He didn't even hear rumors of it. He said, I was, I was on the phone with him. No, I was with him all weekend recruiting, and he was on the phone all the time. And I found that to be odd. So if staffers don't even know what's happening, then how, yeah. how would anybody really know? So people will make stuff up. I'll be happy to come up with DJ uh, UCLA rumors package deal. No problem. I mean, it's going to lead to clicks. It's going to lead to, and, and all of this is good for my website. All of this is good for money. All of this is good for people wanting me on shows and appearances. Everything about this screams to me of making more money and building my business, but I still hate it. I think it's dumb and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I think the tougher part, too, as you said this earlier, is coaches have to make such quick decisions now. I mean, they, they get such a, a short evaluation time. You, you talked about the NFL draft and some of that other stuff. I mean, you have months to scout these kids and know who you're getting to know who you want to who you want to pick. And they still miss most of the time. Right. <laughs> Mike, you know what I mean? Like they still miss on some of these guys. And and in and, and this day and age, you've got to make such quick decisions now if you're a college coach. Not to mention, maybe you're, you're putting your staff back together. You lost a coordinator to, to some other place. Right. You lost a, a, a you know, a receivers coach someplace and, and you're trying to juggle all these things at the same time it's going to breed some sort of a bad decision at some point in time and it, it, to your point it's got it's got to drive coaches just, just absolutely mad that this is what's going on right now 
It's, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess I haven't heard from them, you know, but well, they're busy, Mike. They can't, they have no time to call well, you back. That's the other thing too, is, you know, it's not like I want to talk to them and they don't care about talking to me or anything, but it's just like, I can't find out really, you know, I, where this came from. Cause again, this, this wasn't a full on coaching decision. I think this is more the NCAA's idea of, well, we don't want to work that hard processing transfers 365 days a week a year but let's just do one window and now i bet you there's staffers at the ncaa ready to quit because they're just having to do all this so fast um compliance offices are going nuts too right now and as you mentioned coaches are trying to figure out which that i mean if i was a coach i would i would be sitting in front of the compliance office in a folded chair with my arms crossed saying you're not getting in here no you're not, you're not going in the portal. Sorry. Because you have to wait for that shoe to drop too. I, I know of stories where players have headed to compliance and coaches have not physically, but verbally tried to stop them. Don't sure. do it. Don't go. Stop, 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 stop. It's like that. Is that where we're at now? We're just begging. Well, you, players. you mentioned, you mentioned recruiting. I mean, the new age is essentially you have to keep re-recruiting your current players, right? Essentially as a coach, you are recruiting 365, 24, seven, not that you weren't before, but you got to re-recruit your starting left tackle, make sure he doesn't get mad and go in the portal. You got to recruit the high school kid that you really want in your area. You got to recruit the kid who's going in the portal from another school. I mean, you're basically recruiting all day long at this point. Yeah. And, and, and uh, to that point, it's constant re-recruiting. So, it's not just one time. It's not like you sit down at the end of the season and you talk with your position group or with all your, your, your entire roster and you say, okay, you're going in, you're not going in. This is great. Everything that changes. So let's say, I don't know, you got what today was announced, uh, you know, Phil Jerkovic's going to pit and nobody cares, right? He's not, he wasn't, he was okay at BC for a minute. He wasn't good at Notre Dame, but he's going back to pit. Now you got to re-recruit your quarterbacks again. Now you've done it at the end of the season, but then you go and take this kid and you got to tell these dudes that you, you hold, don't go in the portal. Well, and that didn't work for Keaton Slovis who went in the portal. Right. And again, those two things correlate, of course. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, and, and I mentioned there's, there's still staffs that haven't been filled out. I mean, we were still fresh off, Fickle and Rule and, and Freeze and Dion, all those guys getting new jobs and they, they just haven't even been able to hire staffers yet. So, um, you know, those conversations are with new rosters, too. Uh, and, and it's almost like you're doing one thing and you're, you're telling the other kid something at the end, which I know is life and recruiting. But, you know, oh, oh don't jump in the portal, Mr. QB2. Meanwhile, you're whispering, hey, you want to come over here? I got an opening. Like. You, you're lying to this kid to get this kid. If you don't get this kid, this kid's going to find out. It's just, it's, it's really a mess. Now, again, what's the solution? I, I, cause I agree with full on transfers because, you know, like I said, I mean, you fire a coach or, or if your coach leaves, I mean, Lincoln Riley left uh, Oklahoma last year, uh, Oklahoma kids should be able to immediately play someplace else if they want to. Um, the solution is to spread it out. It's to spread it out. Um, and the funny part about it is the NCAA could actually spread this out too if they were any sort of smart. Um, kids can announce all they want, but to put the official paperwork in, they could wait a couple of days. You know, they could do like 20 this hour, 20 the next hour. Like they don't have to put all of them in today. Um, 
but I guess, you know, they're going to alert the kids that they're in, you know, so Justin Flo, let's say he's not announced today or he is announced today or whatever. Um, he's, he's got the ability because he's technically in the NCAA portal, but he's not in it um, to, you know, he gets to go ahead from the NCAA to talk to other schools. But as far as, you know, announcing it, I just think it's going to create more chaos. Maybe it's going to create more kids for the offer, but he doesn't need that. He doesn't need more attention. Uh, you know, if, if Bryce Young decided not to go in the NFL and went in the portal, he, he wouldn't need the attention. So there's a way to space this out. I think, again, throughout the year, but if it's not going to be out throughout the year, at least spread it out so that not every kid goes in December 5th. Um, and what I'm hoping is now that they've already opened, you know, the door to this, um, let's get every kid in here today and then have a trickle for the next 44 days. That would be nice. <laughs> but 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 I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think we're going to see not the same level of activity today, tomorrow, but but a heavy level of activity tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And then that's when the schools. Well, it's the dominoes, right? Because if you're in first, the think and this, you tell me if I'm wrong in any of this thinking, if I'm in first now, I'm in early, I have a chance to your point to go talk to as many schools as I want. Right. So if I'm the, the number three receiver at Syracuse and I jump in the portal because I want to be a number two someplace. Right. And I think I have good numbers. Now I can talk to as many schools as I want. Right. And I finally, I get Appalachian state to say, Hey, come, come play with, you know, at our school. Right now, guess what? Now I'm the app state receiver. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought, I was in line to be the number two here. So now I'm in the portal, right? So really what you get is just a domino effect, right? You get the first wave of guys who want in early so they can find their home. They find their home and the kids who are at that place go, oh, wait a minute. I thought I was going to be a receiver. I thought I was a starting cornerback. I thought I was the kicker. And now they're back in the portal, right? It's going to be a vicious cycle to your point until you get down to the end. And that's what I'm really curious about, Mike. The fun of the early stuff, and I'll put fun in air quotes, has been, has been great or whatever, right? Every four minutes, seeing somebody tweet, somebody's in the portal. What happens when you get to like day 43? And all these kids are scrambling. And all of a sudden, one kid finds out at day 43, they recruited their position. What's the end of this window going to look like? Because we see what the beginning looks like. The end, that feels like a dark, scary place, Mike. Yeah, it's – and again, I mean, those are bad decisions being made by the kids without a lot of guidance. But you're right. I mean, you might be making the proper decision today, and that decision looks horrible in 44 days. You, can, you don't know. And you can't go back. I mean, the second you enter the portal, they're going to pull your scholarship immediately unless you're Caleb Williams or somebody to that level. They're not going to take you back. So, you know, you could be making this decision because everybody else is making this decision today and rolling the dice. And then 44 days from now when all those big names have new homes and you're sitting there without any, um, it's, that's a problem. But I don't think that, you know, listen, I guess that's not our problem. It's natural selection. It's It's, it's you know survival of the fittest whatever there's there's another side of this too mike that i want to i want to touch on too there's there's the side these are kids some kids are making decisions to go in the portal and you and i both know there's some places where kids are being told you might want to get in the portal right this is also being used as a roster purge in some areas no i mean this is also coaches saying hey man like you know what that portal is not looking so bad for you so i mean while we certainly get sit here and blame the kids there are certainly some coaches that are probably showing some kids hey compliance is down the hall to the right make oh. make a left make a left at the water fountain you're right there that's, that's the other thing too so i told you about the story about you know multiple coaches this one particular play i won't name his name he, he's not in this one but he, he was in uh last year's cycle you know, heading down to compliance and one coach tells him don't do it. And another, almost like a line of people 
you know, almost like he's running a marathon and everybody's there cheering him on or handing him water. But in this respect, it's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like pretty much all 10 coaches are like, don't do it. There's the other thing that you mentioned where it's like, yeah, come here, follow me. You see this computer right here? This is Marielle Smith. She'll get you taken care of. Yeah. This is is called the portal. We're going to, we're going to want to get in here. You know, because it's best for you. It's best for you. Because, again, remember, scholarships are year to year. They're not guaranteed. So yep. we need that scholarship. I mean, Dion and his comments were very funny because we've heard that from schools. If you don't like it here, if you don't like this way, you know, go to the portal. But his was like really, really, if you read between the lines, it was like you guys were 1-11 and last year. You suck. I've got players to replace you already. Get in the portal. That was kind of the way it was said. Um, yeah. yeah, you're going to – you're gonna be able to purge your roster of not only bad seeds, you know, which is usually what's purged, but just crappy players who don't fit in what you want to do anymore. Um, and that's going to leave those kids certainly out in the, you know, but again, it's a doggy dog world and that's the way it is. You didn't play well enough or you're not important enough to the team, whatever you got to drop down, but that's going to affect everybody else. It's a complete domino effect because if you purge somebody off that roster and then he takes up a spot, Let's say a Colorado kid takes up a spot for a kid at Colorado State, and he ends up being the starter there. The Colorado State kid might be like, okay, I'm going to get in the portal. And then where does he go? He drops down to FCS, and then that kid takes up a spot for somebody at FCS, and that that kid might be like, well, I don't want to be here, and he might drop down to Division Two. Bad decisions are just being made. Uh, the dominoes are never going to stop either. Uh, and that's, it, all of this sounds fun. It does. It's just, it's unfortunately unmanageable. So if you're going to do this, if you're going to mash the portal with the early signing period and have all this, you know, free agency, allow additional staffers to be added to college football staff. They can afford it. We got a lot of big TV contracts. You can afford additional staff, even group of five, you can afford additional staff. Let them manage this a little bit better so that you have a full team that just focuses on the portal and not high school football. I know of schools that have, you know, personnel directors and their focus is on the portal, but they all help out with recruiting. And I know that the opposite recruiting helps out with the portal. It really needs to be two different departments because this Mm -hmm. is pretty much as um, It's, it's free agency. It's it's pretty much about as out of hand as you could possibly get. I, I've I've dealt with a lot of out of hand stuff. You know, I remember, you know, there was a lot of NCA rule changes and, and stupidity. Um, you know, throughout my career, and all of them led to more chaos than less. They really haven't made a smart decision when it comes to anything that since I've been around. Um, but this is this is as bad as it gets, and it's worse than I thought. But I guess I. It's not worse than I thought. I predicted 2,000 kids to go in during that 45-day window. I, I guess I just didn't predict them all to go in one day. <laughs> all right, well, as much as we're going to tell you that it, it's, it's, it sucks and there's some, some bad things about it, Mike, uh, we should talk about at least what's happening. Are there name, Is there any names so far or names so far that have hopped in the portal that have had you kind of raise an eyebrow? There's a billion of them. And it, it, there's different little List stories. List them all. Go. Yeah, I know. Well, again, there's different little stories to each. Um, <laughs> it's so when you're talking about quarterbacks, quarterbacks get the most attention. And we kind of knew like, you know, we, we knew DJ was going to jump in the portal. We knew Bazelik was going to jump in the portal. Um, you know, 
I just see Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech, just jumped in this portal. Pretty much anybody who lost their job or didn't have a good season, you know, Nick Evers, Oklahoma, is not surprising, but he, he didn't even get a chance to play, and he was only a freshman. Uh, the quarterbacks don't really surprise me. And, and guys like L.J. Johnson, um, the running back at Texas A&M, announced he was going to the portal. So there aren't too many surprises. I mean, Austin Stogner at, at, at hmm. South Carolina surprised me. Um, Tunmise Adelaide, uh, he surprised me a little bit at Texas A&M because, you know, he had six sacks in three games. He's a former five-star kid, six foot four, 290. He was not in this last class, but the class before that. Um, but he, man, he talked bad about every other school. <laughs> um, uh, he really did. So, you know. He's going to get offers, but it's just going to be a real interesting conversation that he has has with something certain schools. He used to be committed to Ohio State. Uh, he was interesting Clemson, some others, and he kind of like just talked bad about all of them when he chose A and M. And now he's back at the portal, and he's going to have some conversations with those schools and say, "Well, you remember that?" But again, it doesn't matter. He's talented enough. He already got a TCU offer. He's going to get a ton more. Um, but that's the other part about this is like you know, Terrence Lewis. Your your buddy Terrence Lewis is in the portal for what the fifteenth time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's uh, played it down yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the kid, you know, high school gets in trouble. You know, Tennessee takes him and he transfers from Tennessee to Maryland. Now Maryland to UCF. Now he's back at the portal again. So where is the limit here? He's got to sit out a year. I don't give a crap. I don't. You can't tell me this kid's a grad transfer in any way, shape, or form. You can't tell me he hasn't had more than one bite at the apple. You can't tell me that he's uh, he's allowed to get any sort of uh, you know waiver. He this kid he should sit out two years. I mean, this is like his fourth school. Um, those type of things strike me as well, and it just speaks to these decisions weren't allowed. Um, Dorian Singer surprised me a little bit too for Arizona. You know, hmm. he had uh, six six catches, eleven hundred yards last year. You know, these things weren't allowed, and and sometimes you settled in. So my buddy has a a daughter who's a freshman at college, and she's you know we live in Connecticut, and she's out down in Nashville, and she comes home for Thanksgiving, straight A student. You know, she's around all her friends for a week, around her family for a week, and she says, I I I, I I'm homesick, and she goes back, and she's going to come back in December for Christmas for a month, and she's going to be saying I'm homesick too. So you got one of two things you could do here, you know. She should push through for another semester and find her rhythm there because it's hard to go away from home. Um, or you could do this and she could hit the transfer portal and go to a different school. And, and my thinking is prior to the transfer portal, which again, I'm not against, but decisions like this, like in a snap, weren't able to be made by bad decision makers. Mm -hmm. And this is allowing that stuff to happen. So Devin Leary is probably the most intriguing name I would say, because that was rumored and it kind of expected. Um, where is he going to go? Is it going to be Notre Dame? You know, is it going to be Illinois? Um, there's a few other schools that are involved there because Illinois is involved because his brother's there. Um, he was probably the biggest name, but Graham Mertz is in there. I mean, I, I just, I, it's hard. It's easier for me probably to list the players that didn't enter the portal yeah. than did. So for the fan base out there that's listening right now, that's saying, hey, all my all my guys are leaving. You know, what's wrong with our culture? Our, our culture sucks. Our coach sucks. Everybody hates us. This is just new college football, Mike, right? I mean, I'm sure there are some programs that are maybe a little bit teetering, but this is just by and large across the board, right? That This mass exodus, you don't see any 
do you see a ton of, of collabor or I guess, you know, just, just connectivity between, Hey, my culture sucks. And a lot of people in the portal. No, I mean, because, okay. Th th I'm going to ask you this question and see if you come up with the answer that I think. What's the one program that you could think of in college football that reeks of culture, reeks of family, reeks of everybody rowing in the same direction? I guess I might say Alabama. Okay. That was, I thought you might fall for that one. And that is true, but no. Yeah. The second guess is to be rhymes with Blabo, Finney. <laughs> Clemson? Clemson has great. See, culture. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought Why that. Why wouldn't you think Clemson has great? Maybe culture? because I've seen Clemson have thirty-two guys in the portal this morning. Maybe I'm jaded already well, that's, that's because half their I'm teams in the portal. Yeah. So I'm talking about that. Like Clemson is where you come here, and you know the portal is my locker room, as Dabo says, and he doesn't take kids in from the portal. I mean, you couldn't have a better situation for a football player than Clemson. To me, your your coach doesn't like the portal. Okay. He, he loves culture. He loves family. He loves everybody, you know, in the same direction. He's as loyal as a man can be, as we saw by DJ. And still, there's like tons of kids from Clemson jumping in here. So this isn't a culture thing. This isn't a my coach sucks because Dabo doesn't suck. And the culture of Clemson is as good as it gets. This is a new college football thing. Now, to your point, Alabama doesn't have this issue as much, but they still get kids jumping. They got some kids in there. Yeah. Yeah. They got some kids. Yeah. In there. I mean, one of their starting offensive linemen jumped yep. in, and that was a big surprise. So it's one of those situations. Um, I think it was Tavian Cohen. It's one of those situations where everybody's going to get nicked by this. And it really depends on who you pick up and how you approach it. Who's going to be success? Who's going to be successful? And that's the fun part, you know, grading the success. You know, Michigan State kind of won the the unofficial portal title the first year, and Ole Miss maybe won it last year, or you could make an argument for USC. Who's going to improve their team the most with additions? Because today is subtraction day. So today everybody's, like, panicky. Clemson fans are because, of course, as any fan, you, you rationalize the loss, right? Uh, well, we didn't want DJ anyways. And listen, I agree with you. I think he's been horrible. Um, you know, Levante Bentley's in. Eh, EJ Williams is in. Eh, none of those guys made a real impact this year, but it's depth. These are highly ranked players that you recruited heavily to come to your school and they're leaving. So it sucks. Today's a day of like, oh, my team sucks. This sucks. I hate this. What's happening? But then as you add pieces to the puzzle, then it's going to be, you know, the positive is going to come back. Well, some of this is going on, Mike, because of what's happening in the coaching ranks, too. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty in the coaching side. And and since you and I last spoke last week, we've, we've had some more dominoes. I'll, I'll list them all out specifically, um, at least some of the bigger ones that we can kind of go one on one. Obviously, Deion Sanders does indeed agree to become the head coach of Colorado. He was introduced. We'll get back to that. Um, Jimmy Chadwell jumps from Coastal to Liberty, replacing Hugh Freeze. Alex Golish goes from the... Uh, the OC at Tennessee to now the head man at, uh, at South Florida. And you mentioned Scott Satterfield in the middle of the night jumps from Louisville to Cincinnati. Let's start with Dion to Colorado again at the, you know, the last hour, I think Dion was being pretty cagey. A lot of other suitors coming his way. Yada, yada, yada. But when it's all said and done, Dion now ends up in Colorado. He had 
had a really interesting first day on the job, as far as I could tell on social media, include meeting the meeting the media, introducing them to QB1, which was his son, who I don't think is actually transferred there yet. So we'll figure out how that works out here in a second. Seeing the facilities and then pretty much telling every kid in that room, I'm coming. And if you're not ready for me, you might want to get out of here, Mike. So Deion Sanders, 48 hours on the job. Your assessment at him uh, of him at Colorado, please. Well, so obviously – Colorado is a 1-11 team. They haven't been relevant really in ages and ages. So this is a great risk for them. And it is a risk because you don't know what level he can coach at, what leather level he could be a CEO at, whether he can take Colorado, which is kind of a, a geographical you know, nightmare for Pac-12. Can he make them successful? Well, recruiting will be excellent. He's got a 20-player class in this, this 2023 class. I think he'll purge some of those guys, but it's not a horrible class, which is astonishing because of how bad they've been. He'll do very well in the portal. We already talked about him purging the roster a bit. Um, there's going to be a lot of excitement initially. So Dion is going to probably be the most talked about college football coach um, that hasn't won a Power 5 game in the history of college football. By far, between now and next August, all we're going to hear about is Dion, 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 and it's all—it's all going to be wins. There's going to be no losses. He can't lose any good players because I don't have any. He can win in the portal. He can win in recruiting. Uh, he can win in spring football. Oh, this team looks so much better. Blah blah blah. Um, he can win in the summer, but can he win on the field? That's the big question, and and I'm not sure. So there's two sides to this. If he does win. Now, his son is going to be QB1 there. He's going to transfer there. Um, you know, and his son isn't an NFL talent to me. So he's going to be there probably two years. So that gives Dion two years. But once his son's gone, if Dion even makes this team sniff seven and five, he's going to be able to pick any job in the world. I mean, Mel Tucker was able to go to Michigan State after one season. Dion could probably do it in one year, maybe go six and six and get a huge power five job. But he's probably going to wait two years because of his son being there at quarterback. Then he can just write his own ticket to the NFL, to college football, whatever. Um, so it's it's really it's risky in in one way for Colorado because they're probably going to lose him in a couple of years and start all over, and they're going to lose that big boost and that all the culture he builds and all that stuff. But he's going to make this a better place. He's going to make it more attractive and they're in the news and they're going to be in the news like crazy. So that's going to help uh, recruiting. The, the biggest issue at Colorado from what I've heard is the, the athletic department and the registrar admissions people are not on the same page. NIL is non-existent. All of that needs to change for him to be super successful uh, because people will want to go to play for Dion, but they'll also want to have their hand out. And say, okay, what can you do for me now that you're at a power five school? I could understand, you know, where you were Jackson State, there was only so much you could do. Now, you know, open up the the coffers for me. So I don't think it's going to be overly successful. I mean, I don't think we're going to be talking about two years Colorado playing for the Pac-12 title. Um, maybe. I mean, USC and UCLA will be gone, and but I don't see that happening. I think he's going to turn them from 111 to respectable and then bold. Scott Satterfield, uh, to your point earlier in the show, um, at Louisville, a sitting Power 5 head coach. Uh, although there's always been stuff there, right? There's always been talks, rumors. He wants out. Somebody wants him out. Uh, how surprised that sounds like some other folks who were actually there on site in Louisville are surprised. Uh, your level of shock when you uh, saw Scott Satterfield was going to Cincinnati. 
Yeah, I was really surprised. And, you know, people, uh, of course, the, 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 the dummies out there be like, well, he was going to get fired next season and blah, blah, blah. Now, that Wake Forest game was kind of like a safety win for him. Like, he brought the team into the top 25. They weren't good. They got drilled by Kentucky. Kentucky's been a disappointment this season. They went 7-5, and five, nothing world-beating here. But recruiting was going very well. Um, you know, he has Pierce Clarkson in this class and his dad, Steve Clarkson, the quarterback guru, but also very influential out West ton of four stars in this class. He's got a five-star running back in Ruben Owens. They've got NAL rolling at Louisville. Everything at Cincinnati is a step back, even though they're moving to the big 12, it's a step back. Um, and, and it was surprising to me that he did it because people said, Oh yeah, he's going to be fired. Well, no, they were pretty happy with, the progress they saw this season and everything that's happening off the field. And this was a team that was sort of poised to perhaps move into that eight and four, nine and three, and actually try to be competitive in that division. Um, so for him to give all that up uh, and to go to Cincinnati was kind of stunning. Now this reeks of Jeff Brom. I don't know what's going on in, in the background, you know, but Jeff Brom plays for the, you know, Big Ten title on Saturday, and all of a sudden, Satterfield is bolting to Cincinnati on Sunday. Uh, well, Monday. Uh, is something up here? Ugh, it could very well be. Uh, you know, Louisville, everybody says Purdue's got that Big Ten money. Well, Louisville's got a lot of money, and they could throw it at Brom. Brom is a Louisville guy through and through, and he could leave. So if they land Brom, then it's an upgrade. And then I think all this stuff that's happened under Satterfield, you know, recruiting and NIL will all continue and improve. But if they have to drop down, you know, to a coach that's not a big name or somebody that's not tied to the program, they could lose a lot here. So this is a very intriguing one. Now, what does Cincinnati get? Honestly, they get sort of a guy that was doing well in recruiting because of the staff he put around him. Um, and, you know, was kind of not a disappointment at Louisville, but really didn't get the job done there. Um, Cincinnati's taking a big risk here. I mean, it's a big drop from Fickle to me. Is that is Cincinnati a better job, or is this a safer no. job? If you're, I, I guess it's well. So everything's safer when you when you're when you're on a hot seat, and he was on a hot seat earlier this season. You know, the, the, the season didn't start off great. Um, you know, they they weren't killing it. Uh, I think uh, I'm looking at their record right now. You know, they started the season with a loss to Syracuse and a blowout. You know the UCF game. They, they won and they probably shouldn't have. Then they lose to Florida State and then they lose to Boston College, which sucks. I mean, this season started off two and three uh, and then he beat Virginia Pitt. And then, like I said, that Wake Forest game when they were a top 10 team in the country at the time kind of pushed them over the edge. You know, lose to Clemson. It was a it was a competitive game and then beat NC state. It was okay. But you know, you're, you're in that deal where next year is a really important year for you, Scott at Cincinnati next year is not a really important year for him. He's going to get three years minimum to try to get this done. So it's almost like, okay, this company likes me, but there may be layoffs. So I'm going to jump from this company to this company, which is brand new. And I know they're not going to lay me off and they're probably going to pay me just as much money. That's kind of how I see it. 
What'd you make of Jamie Chadwell deciding to go to Liberty? Obviously, his name had been out there a few different times for jobs. I think he was in line potentially. And the last time you and I spoke, you thought maybe that South Florida might be a spot for him. What'd you make of him heading at Liberty? I think he's smart. I think he's a very smart person. I think he took the easiest job in college football that pays the most. Um, they're an independent. You know, there's no pressure to win any sort of conference title. Um, they're paying him $4 million plus after they paid Hugh Freeze and his extension, $5 million. You're not going to be able to get paid $4 million a year uh, with a lot of guaranteed money at a school that really doesn't care if you win or lose. And, and they care, of course, but if you don't win there, whatever. Um, they would kind of care at Georgia Tech. Uh, they would certainly, you know, kind of care at USF. And there's conference implications there. You know, if you're in the AAC and you lose, you know, to UCF, I know they're leaving, but you lose to a conference rival by 40, you're in a little bit of trouble. Georgia Tech, you know, they get drilled, you know, by somebody in the ACC, or of course they're going to get drilled by Georgia, but it, Liberty has no natural rival. They have no conference to play for. So I, I think he did the smart move and he took guaranteed money and now he can just sort of, you know, work hard. Um, but not have that pressure. Welcome back to college football. Tom Herman takes the FAU job. Mike, Tom Herman, by the way, looks like he lost like 30 pounds. He looks fantastic. I had to do a double take when I saw that picture of him. He looks like he lost like 30 pounds and shaved finally. I don't know. Maybe a couple of uh, years off have been good for Tom. What'd you make of Herman going to FAU? Well, I mean, it's, it's not a good job, but you take what you can get, right? Um, you know, you, you were at Houston. You were you were big shot at Ohio State. You're big shot at Houston. You got a billion trillion dollars to go to Texas. Um, you know that was a colossal failure. <clears throat> you got your life together. We all know there's been off-field question marks about him, and clearly, based on the way he looks, as you said, I mean, he's 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 clean shaven. He looks fit. He looks like he's taking care of himself. I, I think does that mean he's not having off-field issues, I don't know, but it's a good sign that maybe he's cleaned himself up a bit, um, and it's a nice little fit, and it's a good way to get back to, you know, the big-time college football, as we saw with Mr. Kiffin. So nice little job for him. Um, not a ton of expectations there. Sure, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think he can be very successful there, but, I mean, if I were him, I would certainly take the job. Well, sir, first year, they're going to the American Conference to replace uh, UCF Cincinnati Houston. So they're one of the teams coming in. Uh, so it would be interesting. He's been there before, obviously, and and uh, maybe he can turn it around. And last, uh, you know, Sunday, Monday, uh, Alex Golesh uh, from Tennessee goes to South Florida. Mike, I don't know if that was one you had on your bingo card, mm -hmm. uh, but how surprised were you to hear uh, Alex Golesh going well, uh, to South Florida? I mean, you know. Ties to Florida from his UCF days. Great offensive coordinator. He's there like literally one year, by the way. That's fine. I know. But it, so it, what I'm doing is I'm describing Jeff Scott is what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, Jeff Scott, you know, let, he didn't coach there. But, you know, he recruited the state of Florida very, very well for Clemson and, you know, built up his name with a tremendous offensive team and, you know, players in the pros. <clears throat> I just don't know. I, I just think this is like, okay, we took a guy with that description with no head coaching experience and it just went horribly wrong. Let's do it again. Now, I like Jeff Scott. I like Alex Golish, but I don't, I don't, it makes no sense to me. I mean, you could have really made a better effort, I think, for numerous other candidates 
that would have been a better fit there. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe history won't repeat himself. Maybe he'll be a great coach and Jeff Scott wasn't. Um, and maybe he'll lead this as a stepping stone to better things. My couple kids declaring for the draft today. I want to get your thoughts. Anthony Richardson, uh, done at Florida, will be heading to the draft, not playing in the bowl game. You know, you've been kind of up and down on, on Anthony this year. Uh, surprised that he's going to head to the league? Um, no, but I, I just I don't see it. I don't understand why. Now, NFL scouts have always puzzled me to some level. I mean, we're seeing the Zach Wilson thing, and that was puzzling. You know, but they fell in love with an off-platform, and everybody talked about that last throw at his pro day. Well, whoopty crap. I mean, that's just – it's routes on air, and it's an off-platform dumb throw. But what about his maturity? What about his uh, readiness to run an NFL offense? What about his overall skill level? I mean, he's putting up big numbers as an independent against an okay schedule. Uh, but you fell in love with his arm? Uh, great. Well, you, Everybody's falling in love with Anthony Richardson's frame. Six foot four, 230 pounds, mobile, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not that mobile. Uh, he can run, but he's not, you know, this isn't like, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, we're not looking at the, you know, the next uh, freaking RG3 here. Or, you know, somebody that you, Lamar Jackson, somebody that you drafted to be mobile. So then what do you have? You got a guy who's a pocket passer. You know, you've got Cam Newton light, like super light. Cam Newton was mobile and more mobile than Richardson. Cam Newton was more physical and tougher than Richardson. Cam Newton wasn't great pocket passer, but he's 10 times the pocket passer Richardson is. So what are we drafting here? If somebody takes him in the first round, they might as well just take that pick and throw it away. I like the kid. He's a nice kid. A very classy kid, very high character kid. So I don't think that's going to be the issue. Like a Zach Wilson, who's an immature little turd, or Kyler Murray, who's an absolute little brat. But the skills aren't there. They're just not. They may be, you know, but Jamarcus Russell had a really good arm and a big frame, and he sucked. I mean, it, I just don't see it there. I don't see Will Levis. I don't see him. So draft away. Somebody wants to take him in the top 10, good for you. You're all going to get fired. Mel Kuyper's uh, early big board, Mike, he has uh, CJ Stroud one, Will Levis two, Bryce Young three, Anthony Richardson four. That's the big board uh, for quarterbacks. Yeah, and listen, I respect Mel Kuyper. He's like, he's to the NFL draft what I was to college football recruiting. You know, he's he's the guy. He's the been there the longest, seen the most. Uh, doesn't make him the smartest because I'm not the smartest, but you have to respect his opinion. But, man, I mean, two out of your four quarterbacks look just horrible when you watch them on film. They don't make proper decisions. Uh, they don't have any sort of um, ability to, to hurt you, even with their feet. Uh, yeah, they're, they're good-looking kids with big arms, but there's nothing there. I, and C.J. Stroud, to me, you know, he's going to get a little bit of redemption opportunity in the playoff here. Uh, but he's also one that I wouldn't, you know, they, everybody's saying he's number one overall. I would take Bryce Young by far over all of these guys, not even close. <laughs> when you look at film, it's so obvious to me that Bryce Young has what it takes to be patient, to not panic, to throw on the run, to throw from the pocket, to, you know, run when he has to run. C.J. Stroud gets happy feet. You pressure him. He struggles. He forces the ball, and he locks in on his first read all the time. Uh, so three out of those four quarterbacks, I'm not very high on as, as long-term 
uh, NFL success stories. Actually, one more I want to get your thoughts on. I circled this down. I forgot to get to it earlier. So we'll go back to coaching. Trent Dilfer to UAB. <laughs> Mike, I'm dying to know your thoughts on Trent yeah. Dilfer. Fresh yeah. off the high school of Lipscomb Academy somewhere in uh, Tennessee, fresh off the golf course after leaving ESPN, uh, is now yeah. the head college football coach at UAB. Yeah. Mike, I need, I need your thoughts on that. He's an annoying human being. He's a, he's a know-it-all. You know, I'm always right. I'm going to teach you the ways of football. Uh, we're going to focus more on, you know. So you're not a uh, fan. <laughs> okay. No. He, he ruined the Elite 11 single-handedly. The, the Elite 11 under Bob Johnson used to be fun. It used to be great. It used to be awesome. You get to see developmental skills from kids. You get to see everything you wanted from a scouting perspective. Trent Dilfer comes along. All of a sudden, it's, you know, half the day is chalk talk and, and, and you know, these these – character building experiences with the Navy SEALs and all that, that's great. But there's three, you know, making three throws a day. Um, and you think you're smarter than everybody else. I mean, you just do. I mean, he, he called me out numerous times, you know, saying that I didn't know what I was talking about, about a bunch of crap quarterback. You look at the elite 11 winners under Trent Dilfer. They all suck. All of them suck. Um, he just doesn't know. He, he knows his way. And no one else's way. And that's not going to go over well if you start losing. It's great when you're 12-0 and 0 at a little high school football team and you can sort of take a little bratty kid this aside and berate him and go viral. That's not going to work in college. This is not a good fit. It's not a good hire. It's almost, like, honestly, insulting to a lot of coaches out there who are very, very talented, who could be power five, just like Jeff Saturday's insulting to a lot of coaches. But at least he's an interim. He's not going to get the full-time job. This is a full-time hire of a guy who isn't qualified to run a program. So those are my thoughts. I think it's a horrible hire. Well, I'd ask you what you, has you pissed off this week, but I think I already know. I think you've already touched on that, the portal, apparently Pretty Trent Dilfer. Anything else got you pissed off? I mean, geez. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just got another billion text messages. Where's Justin Flo going to go? I go ask him. Spencer Sanders went to the portal. Well, I think you and I were Yeah, there was another one. Where's he going to go? I don't freaking know. I didn't know he's going in the portal. I, I, I'm not surprised by everything. I mean, some of these things aren't surprising to me. I'm not an idiot, um, but I still don't know where they're going to go. I mean, I can read tea leaves like anybody else. The portal is all about detective work. You have to see who coached where at that school when that kid was there and now where are they at or who recruited them out of high school or who he had a great relationship with this, that, and the other. I could put together that maybe Justin Flo would be interested in Miami because Mario Cristobal recruited him. That's idiot proof right i could maybe think that usc even though it's a whole brand new staff then the ones that recruited them would be interested in a, a talented kid like that from california that makes sense too but i don't know what mario cristobal's thinking i don't know what lincoln riley's thinking and guess what i can't ask them i could i could text but i might as well text my dog they're not going to answer me because they're busy and why are they busy because there's two thousand kids jumping in the portal today so I'm going to try to do the tea leaves thing and try to put two and two together. Devin Leary's brother is at Illinois. I could put together that Brett Bielema um, had success with Russell Wilson, you know, from NC State when he went to Wisconsin. There's a couple coaches on Illinois that coached at NC State. I could put those things together. But that doesn't mean that if you, if you ask Devin Leary, what about Illinois? He doesn't laugh at you and say, what? Are you crazy? I'm not going there. So, and the kids don't talk. 
because I've always said this, there's a level of shame entering the portal because you weren't overly successful or as successful as you wanted, or you were passed by. With Devin Leary as an example, he wasn't passed by, he got hurt, but they want to go with other quarterbacks now, clearly, and they're fine with him leaving. Um, but with other guys, you know, uh, the Jakovics and Slovis is the world, do you think they're going to pick up the phone? And, and they've been there, done that through the high school process. A couple of them have already been there through a transfer, like Slovis and Jerkovic. Yeah, yeah, Mike, this is what I'm thinking right now. No, they're not going to talk to anybody except for close family members. And those are the ones you talk to or old coaches that you knew through the recruiting process. And you try to get a feel for what they're thinking. It's a lot of detective work, but honestly, it's a lot of throwing crap at the wall. Uh, I, I kind of feel like Dennis Dodd from CBS. Um, <laughs> you just throw it at the wall and pick it up and see if it sticks. And if it does stick, you brag about it. And if it doesn't, you know, the whole Matt rule said no thing, you just ignore it. Everybody will forget it eventually. But you end up with a really bad reputation that way uh, from the public. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. So I'm, I'm teetering between tea leaves and detective work, making crap up and keeping my reputation somewhat intact. And you can find all that on MikeFrillSports.com. Mike, that's the website where you'll be posting stuff throughout this entire process. Obviously, if you're not booked, Mark, follow it along with that website. Something you're going to want to do. Do you need to talk about anything on here, Mike? Anything with any betting things, any butchers, any meats, anything you got to talk about? Oh, my God, you're right. Hold on. Yeah. I forgot about plenty of stuff Mike wants well, to talk again, about. Well, again, if you want meat, Butcher box is it. You get meat in a meat in a meat in a box. It's a yep, subscription service. Yep. I'm not even gonna read the bet online thing. I'm sure they'll love that. Are, are we really tired of it, aren't we? You know, I know I, co- say, I know college basketball season's here, I believe is how that reads. Well, yeah, I can say basketball is back. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick and choose here. So if you want to bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or golf, which I, I bet I bet NFL, I bet NBA. I bet NHL. I, I bet MMA a little bit. I never bet boxing. You but I bet, bet tennis. Golf. I feel like you'd be great betting tennis. Um, I would. There was a time where I was addicted to ping pong betting. You remember those ping pong tournaments? I do remember that. Yeah. And yeah. I think they're still around, but I got off it. Now pickleball, I'll bet on that too. You're back. Okay, um, Mike's back. I don't know if you can do that on Bet Online, but but this is the this is the important part. BetOnline.ag. You join, you receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. I mean, that's pretty big right there. I mean, 50% welcome bonus. You pop a thousand bucks in there, you get $500, that's 50%. Promo code BLEAV to receive your awards. So that's my version of that commercial. Butcher Box, great meats. I love it. I wish Butcher Box like, listened to this and sent me free meat. I mean, I would love that. I love free stuff. Um, what else am I promoting? Oh, betting pros. So we got four more shows or maybe five throughout the bowl season. So we'll be scattered, you know, myself and Thor for bettingpros.com. That's normally a Saturday pod, but it's going to be, you know, we'll we'll tweet out when it's going to occur. I went five for five in my props this past weekend. Pretty proud of myself because here's the thing. I wanted two of them. Jaden Daniels had an ankle and the people thought it was a knee, but it was a high ankle and he was in a walking boot. So I went under on the rushing yards. I don't even know why they would put that at 38.5. It was so easy. It was such easy money. And DJ, DJU at Clemson, it was 45.5 rushing yards. 
So I was like, um, this guy's not even going to finish the first quarter. So free money there. Uh, that was another easy one for me. So, you know, follow me on Twitter at Imperial Sports. Betting Pros is my gambling uh, site. Thor's my guy, Thor Nystrom. Um, what else? What else? Oh, I'm also doing some stuff now for um, Pittsburgh Sports Now, West Virginia Sports Now, WVU Sports Now, uh, and Penn State uh, Sports Now. So these are, um, you know, independent websites that do a really good job covering the, everything from the team to recruiting to the portal to, um, you know, NFL draft. So I'm starting to work for them. And so that's in addition to the Illinois stuff and things like that. I'm, just, I'm getting busier. Um, piecing it together. The website traffic is up, which is great. Uh, it still continues to go up. So if you want to check out MikeFerrellSports.com, you know, you'll get a lot of stuff on there. Uh, like I said, a, a mix between opinion, detective work, made up stuff and truth. Well, if that's not an ad read, I don't know what is. Again, thanks for listening in. Yeah. Subscribe on the podcast player. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you go to MikeFarrellSports.com. Uh, keep you updated on everything portal and coach related. Mike's got to go take a nap. He's super cranky. Plus, I think we're now up to 450 people in the portal, so he's going to go pull his hair out. But we'll be back sometime soon to update you on everybody in the portal, including maybe Mike at that point. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.